You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, breaking news as it happens, what it means, and why it matters. Uh, Kevin McCullough, and here we go. Obliterating confusion. Amplifying truth. And pursuing clarity. Kevin McCullough, now. Coming up, a big star-studded edition of Kevin McCullough Radio. Andy McCarthy, Kaylee McEnany, and Shelly Goldberg all straight ahead. We've got a big day of news to talk about. Stay with us. Kevin McCullough, I'm going to start with you. I found this thing in Town Hall.com by Kevin McCullough. The big dog. He's come out of nowhere. Kevin McCullough. I just want to help people think. Nationally syndicated radio host and author of No He Can't. Yeah, he is playing the role. As, uh, as well as anybody could. Kevin McCullough is a nationally syndicated radio host and author of No He Can't. The odds are he's right. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, Kevin McCullough, thankful to have you with us today, and I'm very grateful to have my next guest, a longtime uh, prosecutor in the Southern District of New York and uh, someone that knows the inside and outs of prosecution like very few uh, on on the planet, but much less in the American system. Uh, Andrew McCarthy, a senior legal fellow at uh, National Review, rejoins us. Uh, Andy, we haven't spoken since I think the second and third Trump indictment uh, has been (laughs) issued, and um, they keep piling up. Doesn't seem to be hurting him in the uh, popularity of the voters, but if he's locked up, does that matter? What's your assessment of where Mr. Trump is with these three pending or not pending, but uh, indictments that are hanging over him? Well, you're right, Kevin. It's hard to keep track of him, but, uh, you know, he's got the one in Manhattan and uh, that's a state one. And then the uh, federal one that the uh, same federal prosecutor, uh, Jack Smith, brought in uh, Marrell, uh, on the Mar-a-Lago document. So that case is down in Florida. Now he's looking at a second case brought by Smith in Washington and within the next month, probably uh, a, a fourth case, a criminal case against him, which will be brought by the uh, district attorney in Fulton County in uh, Georgia. And that doesn't uh, account for a big civil fraud case that's going to trial against him and his two uh, adult sons. Uh, on October 3rd. So he's got a he's got a pretty full plate. I agree with you that it's not hurting him with the voters. But of course, the voters uh, who are currently relevant are, uh, you know, basically the Republican base that votes in primaries. And I've I've always thought the Democrat strategy here is they think that Trump has enough baggage uh, that he's mainly the guy that uh, Biden was very weak. Uh, can defeat. So they would like to see him uh, get it, get nominated by the Republican Party, and then they think they can defeat him uh, in November. So they think that these the idea is these indictments get the base fired up, but that eventually there'll be trials and all this information will come out and it's a bigger electorate that Trump isn't as popular with anyway, and that will spell victory for Biden. So I think that's what they're banking on. Uh, if you were inside that uh, room advising them, what are you watching them do that's right? Or what would you have them do differently than what they are doing in terms of uh, asking for uh, different reasons for dismissals to different reasons for change of venues to et cetera, et cetera? What's what's the strategy there? Yeah, the best strategy, and I think they're doing a good job in, in this regard, Kevin, but the best strategy for Trump is delay. And the reason for that is that um, the federal indictments, if if you could get these cases, no matter what you think of the strength of them, uh, I think the Mar-a-Lago case is apt to be stronger than whatever case they try to bring on January 6th. But whatever you think of that, if he can get it pushed past the election, then it, it, the possibility or probability is that if, if a Republican has defeated uh, Biden, and certainly if Trump has defeated Biden, um, the Justice Department will simply dismiss the cases. Uh, and then they, you know, between uh, after four years, the statute of limitations would have run. So that would have been, would be the end of them. There's been a lot of talk about, like, will Trump pardon himself? Uh, I don't think it'll ever come to that, because once you're running the Justice Department, you don't have to pardon people. You can just dismiss the cases. So anything he can do to push these cases beyond the November election is good legal strategy. And in the Mar-a-Lago case in particular, they have a lot to play with there because it's a classified information case. 
there's a long procedure in federal law about uh, that that pertains to admissibility of classified right. evidence, and it takes a long time to play out. So they're pushing that, um, you know, they, and now they'll argue in connection with this one that Smith has tactically indicted Trump in Florida in order to deplete his resources. And now he's trying to whipsaw him with another indictment uh, in Washington. And since the government took two and a half years to investigate the case, it's unreasonable under these circumstances to expect Trump to be ready to go to trial in a few months. So I assume that's what they'll be pushing. I mean, is the argument that if it took you two and a half years to um, uh, to bring the case, I I deserve an, an approximate percentage of that time to prepare my defense? That's part of it. That's a big part of it. The rest of it is that would be true even if I had nothing else going on. But it so happens that, uh, you know, number one, I'm a political candidate, the number one right now Republican candidate in a presidential election. The court should try to uh, avoid as the criminal justice system should try to avoid unnecessary intrusion into, into the, the electoral process. Andy, the, the, the kind of two tiered issue here seems remarkably inconsistent when you know how secure the White House is and the number of cameras that are in there and visitors logs and where it ended up actually being found, as opposed to what Corinne Jean-Pierre said, this high traffic area, it's actually in a place where only a handful of people have access, but they can't find the person. Yeah. I, I, can I say two things about that, Kevin? One is, um, you know, on on surveillance tape, and as you point out, the surveillance all over the place in the in the White House, a bag of cocaine looks exactly like a bag of anthrax. And you can't tell me for a moment, because I worked in the Justice Department for a long time, including in the anthrax scare after 9-11, that if it had been a bag of anthrax that they would tell you they couldn't find it. Or they couldn't figure it out. Right. Uh, I just don't think it's credible. And then the second thing I'd ask is, why is the case suddenly closed? You know, when when Bob Mueller took over the Russiagate investigation, and that was in May of uh, 20, right after Comey's firing, so May of uh, 2017, um, it was already known by the Justice Department that there was no Trump-Russia collusion conspiracy. And yet they kept that investigation running for a year and a half on a sitting president. So how on earth do they do they justify shutting this thing down? The point is, is that they lied to us. I I think that the Biden administration told them to lie to us. I hate I would hate to have to be the Secret Service guy that's sitting there telling his war stories in 20 years and goes, yeah, I wasn't on a team that, you know, got the, you know, allowed the president to get shot, but I was on the team that was told by the president we had to lie about who who had the cocaine in the White House. I mean, it's such an it's such an act of shame and dishonor for them to be able to say that they're incompetent or incapable of finding this person when you know that these guys are top notch, top to bottom every day, putting it all on the line for the safety of our chief executive. And you know that they know who who it is and they could find out who it is. And there's some other force at work to prevent them from saying who it is. That's my opinion. Yeah, well, look, I I don't disagree with you. I I would say, Kevin, just, you know, so people understand this. I think it's obvious enough that, you know, sometimes I I was in the system so long, I assume things that other people don't know just because they're not in the system. But just in case anyone's wondering, the Secret Service works for the president, not the other way around. So, you know, if this thing got if this thing got stopped, um, that came the orders to do that came from someplace. And then the other thing I don't understand is how how they get their backup when someone suggests, like, where was Hunter Biden, who has a long history of cocaine problems that he himself uh, has trumpeted and written about. I, I find it, you know, a, more than a little bit grating uh, that every time we are are given a some reason to consider hunter biden's potentially criminal behavior we're told oh you have to understand the poor kid this guy's like in his uh you know mid 50s yeah 50s the poor the poor kid uh had you know this terrible cocaine problem and then when you have a situation where there's actually cocaine (laughs) we're not allowed to mention him it does it does it does beset us with a mystery uh andrew mccarthy thank you for your analysis and insight we always appreciate it thanks kevin great to talk to you kevin mccullough coming right back don't go away chosen people ministries is excited to announce a special concert in new york city with renowned messianic jewish musician joshua aaron who will perform at the new york society of ethical culture on sunday july 30th 
Joshua Aaron is an award-winning American-Israeli independent singer and songwriter who resides near the Sea of Galilee with his wife and five children. He's founder of Gather the Nations and hosts an annual Worship in Israel tour, bringing believers on an unforgettable journey to the Holy Land. His music, sung in English and Hebrew, blends a wide array of sounds, including traditional Jewish genres reaching millions of listeners of all nations and languages. Experience a joyful night of messianic worship sung in English and Hebrew, and be sure to bring a friend. For tickets and more details, go to ChosenPeople.com. That's ChosenPeople.com. Hi, Kevin McCullough. On MyPillow's 20-year anniversary with over 80 million pillows sold, Mike Lindell and the MyPillow family want to thank each and every one of you by giving you the lowest price in history on MyPillows. Queen-size MyPillows, regularly priced at $69.98, are now only $19.98, and just $10 more, you get the king size. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio podcast square to get Mike Lindell's amazing offer on the queen-size MyPillow for only $19.98 or call 800-651-0798 and use promo code WMCA. In addition to this special anniversary offer on the MyPillows, you'll also receive deep discounts on all other MyPillow products, such as bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, and so much more. Take advantage of the biggest sale in MyPillows history. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-651-0798 and use promo code WMCA to take advantage of Mike's special offer on his MyPillow. Listen to the Mission WMCA anywhere you go with the AM570 The Mission mobile app. Download on Google Play, iTunes, or listen to TuneIn, iHeart, Alexa, or Odyssey.com. Tired of fighting the same battles over and over? They get it, and they've got you. Get ready for an incredible time of transformation and power at the Connecticut Prophetic Healing and Deliverance event with Apostle Dr. David Philemon at the Wall Street Theater, Norwalk, Connecticut, Thursday, July 20th to Saturday, July 22nd. Join in for a powerful experience that will leave you forever changed. Apostle David will be sharing profound teachings and impartation to unravel mysteries, break strongholds, and equip you with the tools you need to break free and stay free. Immerse yourself in dynamic worship, prophetic ministry, and life-changing prayer that brings you up close and personal with the love of God. The event is free. Don't miss out. Join them at the Wall Street Theater in Norwalk, Connecticut, this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Visit www.hiswalk.org. Your life will never be the same. All right, Kevin McCullough, every week I am so thrilled to be able to let you have access to Mr. Mike Connors of Connors & Sullivan. He answers your real questions about uh, real-life uh, situations regarding your end of life, uh, elder law, estate care, all these types of things uh, that uh, you're are on your mind and and you need to have good planning for. Uh, Mike, this week's question comes from Kathy in Queens. She said, I did a will and trust in South Carolina, but I just moved to Queens to live with my daughter. Do I need to make a new will and trust for the state of New York? Mike Connors. Well, you know, I hate to always say this, you know, it depends. Now, ordinarily, a will done in any state is going to be good in New York. So, you know, we we recognize wills in different states or whatever. So any will done in one state usually is transferable to another state. The trust, again, it should be used another to transfer property or things like that. But what if, what if it protects your assets under New York State Medicaid rules that we would have to take a look at the trust. All right. So the answer is uh, she needs to call your office and set up an appointment so that she can go over it. Right. And one thing she should have if she's changing a residence, she should have a New York power of attorney because that's one thing that a lot of states do not recognize powers of attorney from a different states. So yeah. she should probably do New York power of attorney no matter what. Well, Kathy, if you're listening, then what you need to do is you need to call 718-238-6500 and set yourself up one of, a, of an appointment in one of five uh, regional offices for Connors & Sullivan. They are uh, happy to meet with you and go through your uh, trust and your power of attorney and any other questions that you might have. 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. And if you've got questions, friends, you can send those to askmikeconnors at gmail.com, askmikeconnors at gmail.com, and then be listening as he answers your questions Saturday mornings at 8 o'clock on AM 570 and 102.3 FM, The Mission, WMCA, and every Sunday morning starting at 11 on AM 970, The Answer. Mike Connors, thanks so much. Thank you, Kevin. 
You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, coming to you live from the Connors and Sullivan Broadcast Studio. Breaking news as it happens. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my next guest is no stranger to the world of Kevin McCullough Radio, etc., etc. But it's been a while since she's been with us because she's been busy. She was a press secretary for the president. She's got a thriving career at Fox News Channel. She's a busy, busy mom, and she's just written her second book, which is already a bestseller. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please put your hands together and welcome Kaylee McEnany. Hello, Lady Kaylee. How are you? Hey, great to join you. Yep, very, very busy these days, but mostly with the mom part you mentioned. So well, I, I have a three-year-old like next to me. Let's hope that she doesn't decide to join the interview. <laughs> yes, that is a good part. Well, at this at this microphone, it's great uh, to join you. children's input is always welcomed. I talk to a lot of moms, Bethany Mandel, Carol Markowitz. There's tons of women that are on my show that uh, have have children and they've grown up while they've been doing the show and so forth. And when you met, when we met, you were an intern at Fox News working for Governor Huckabee, and now you got two kids. Like, sometimes it just blows my brain, Kaylee, how how, how far we've come. Um, I want to ask you about- Time like, flies, yep. I want to ask you about a series of things. Um, these days, I don't I don't know Corinne Jean-Pierre personally in any capacity. I don't, uh, I don't like a lot of her politics. I don't generally tend to- uh, try to form opinions about people that I don't know very well, but there's there's certainly a, a sense of empathy that I have had for her in recent days and John Kirby and a few other press secretaries in the administration, because it seems like they are being constantly asked to peddle a bill of goods that they may not know, but that are obviously patently false. And I'm just curious if you could compare your days behind that podium to what you see happening in that press room on a regular basis. Yeah, you know, initially, I wondered uh, how much access the press secretary had to the president, because Jim Psaki was asked um, if she had Oval Office walk-in privileges, and she declined to say, which led me to believe, you know, who are you speaking for if you don't have regular access to the president of the United States? Just based on what I saw, uh, it seems like that was remedied, and perhaps she was, you know, led into more meetings throughout her tenure, and Karine Jean-Pierre, it seems to be the case. I saw her sitting at the NATO table with the president. So perhaps they've woken up to the fact that you need your spokesperson um, to, to kind of be in the know as to what the president of the United States is thinking. Um, but it's a, a fun job, a challenging job. I think one of the, the reasons um, I was able to do the job um, was because of my interest in the subject matter. I loved policy myself. Mm -hmm. I was interested in it. So I would regularly pick up the phone, talk to department heads, ask for data, you know, ask where they got their sourcing and their facts. And because it was a passion, I think it came through at the podium. So I think to thrive at the job, you've got to, you've got to be an investigator yourself and, and want to and have interest in these matters. Well, and certainly I think, Kaylee, your time behind the podium was like that. And by the way, for the record, I think, a, I, and I've known several of you in that position. I knew you, I knew Sarah Sanders, maybe longer than any of the others. I I, I knew Sean, I knew uh, Dana, I knew Tony Snow, I knew Ari Fleischer. I mean, I've known a lot of people in that position. And the, what, one of the things I've always appreciated about, at least those of you that I had contact with, is that there was a real effort at least for those of you that worked in those administrations, to tell the truth. My frustration, and you kind of skated on the question a little bit, but I'll give you a second uh, swipe at it here. It seems like this group is either being prevented from telling the truth, or maybe they're participating in some level. I mean, just the Coke and the White House story has changed three times on where the location was. And she puts up questions like, or she puts up protestations like, I'm not going to comment. It's the Secret Services investigation. And then, oh, by the way, let me fill in the blank on a bunch of information that doesn't really help you gather an opinion about it. I'm just going to add you add some stuff to it that you didn't ask for. In other words, it sometimes feels like there's uh, there's smoke and mirrors going on. Well, there for sure is. I mean, with the cocaine story, for instance, to your point, the story changed many times. If this would have happened under my tenure, I would have gone to the Secret Service office myself and said, tell me the story. This can't keep changing. What is the truth of the matter? Um, the the absolutely incomprehensible answers to, is this a Biden family member that we should be thinking about? First, you have a deputy that cites the Hatch Act, which has nothing to do with that. The Hatch Act has right. to do with not affecting elections. 
Then Corrine Jean-Pierre gets another stab at the question and she mocks the questioner and says, that's an irresponsible question. If I was in the White House, I would have gone to Trump and said, there, what do you say? And he said, he would say, absolutely not. And I would have gone to the podium and said, I spoke with the president. He said, under no circumstance, was this a member of the Trump family? So why right. she didn't do that? I mean, I'll leave that to your listeners to answer, but uh, it's it's been confounding uh, the head in the sand approach we've seen on this subject matter in particular. Well, and I'm going to speculate here. This is me, not Kaylee, saying it, but I don't I don't think it's that confounding. I think it's just a cover up. I think that it's pretty easy to see that there's one person in the president's inner circle who's a former addict, has written about it in a book. We have a laptop full of pictures that seem to demonstrate it. And uh, and it wasn't just the coke, Kaylee. Did you hear about the two bags of weed they found uh, just before the end of the year? I mean, this is evidently there's a lot going on in that White House. Yeah, there uh, evidently there is. And, you know, you if I, I would say this, if I'm Joe Biden and my press secretary and the deputy have answered in this manner, I would have been upset if this was not my family member. I would have said, look, this is inexcusable communications coming from the White House press shop. Yeah. But what did he do? He was he has been asked about it and he is silent on the matter. So yeah. it all adds to suspicions among the American public as to why the president won't even answer the question, much less his press secretary. Well, and I think, you know, that the press secretaries, I mean, you guys all have a life beyond the White House, right? You're always, I mean, you're going to serve your time for the administration that you're with. And then you're looking down the road. And for you, there was always an interest in being in cable TV and being a culture, uh, cultural observer and commentator. And so, and that's what you get to do now. But I think even John Kirby and Corinne Jean-Pierre at some point have to say, well, is this worth falling on my sword for? Am I going to ruin my career? Uh, just to save this, you know, batty old man in the White House, a, a little bit more embarrassment. I, I just don't know how long that lasts. I feel I feel kind of empathetic for him, even though I disagree with him on every every level. Let me ask you the, um, the new gig at Fox middays. Uh, you and Harris are tearing it up. Uh, two of my favorite people on planet Earth. Um, how much fun are you having? Oh, it is great. And Emily Campagno, too. The, yes. the three of us, we truly love each other, being around each other. Um, it's a blast, especially as we're heading into the 2024 election season. Um, just it, it's exciting. It's horse race politics and we're off to the races, not to mention the other fun topics that we do that give our show a lighter feel. Um, and it, we have fun. If you can't tell, we do have fun. Yeah. The, the, the 2024 election is shaping up kind of interesting. And before we take this break, uh, Tucker Carlson got Mike Pence to say something this weekend at the turning point. Uh, conference. And I'm just curious what went through your head when you heard him say, that's not my concern. Yeah, I think it was um, taken out of context a bit. A little bit, I saw. for sure. Uh, yes. I, I think because I, I know Vice President Mike Pence personally, I can tell you that man loves this country. I sat in many coronavirus tax force briefings with him. So I think it was taken out of context. I mean, he obviously has an opinion on the Ukraine war that is different than others in our party. Um, there's there's it's a, you know, divergent views among the Republican field on this issue. Um, but it was my view that that was taken out of context from what I saw. All right. Kaylee McEnany, former press secretary for President Trump and a current Fox News commentator and host of Outnumbered. She rejoins us after this quick break. Stay here. Over the past 20 years, a quiet revolution has transformed medicine. Many conditions that once required major surgery can now be treated with procedures that are far less invasive and often far more effective. Are you aware of these alternatives? Join Dr. Dan Simon for All Things Health, where he discusses cutting-edge medical advances that are providing alternatives to traditional surgery. Dr. Simon is an experienced interventional radiologist who has helped thousands of patients experience dramatic improvements, all without traditional surgery. Dr. Simon will explain the latest medical breakthroughs so you can be fully aware of your options. Have questions? 
Call Dr. Simon at 1-844-534-3621 or visit www.allthingshealth.ai. Or listen to All Things Health on AM 970 The Answer on Sundays and AM 570 and 102.3 FM The Mission WMCA on Saturdays. To learn more, visit allthingshealth.ai. Oil investments involve a high degree of risk and actual results may vary. Oil and natural gas keep going up as the Russia conflict escalates. Get in on the next major oil boom now and help the U.S. with your patriotic investment that can potentially pay you monthly income for up to 20 or more years. That's the sound of a producing oil well and the sound of a smart investment. If you're an SEC-accredited investor and have at least 25000 liquid now, you can take advantage of Encore Energy's projects and a huge tax savings for this year. If you invest in oil and natural gas, you're allowed to write off nearly 100% of your investment in the first year. Goldman Sachs is projecting oil to go up to $100 a barrel, and natural gas is the fuel of the future and trading at record prices. Call 800-287-6691. Encore Energy is a major investor and experienced operator in its core area of operations. Call now and learn how to deduct 100% of your investment and create 20 or more years of potential monthly income. Call 800-287-6691. That's 800-287-6691. This is an urgent announcement for anyone that's $10,000 or more in debt. Before you make another minimum payment, you need to know there are special programs that can completely free you of your debt. Total Financial Freedom can help you become debt-free in months instead of years. Resolve your credit card debt, signature loans, department store cards, internet loans, and timeshares. Call now at 800-533-6605 for a free consultation. For 16 years, Total Financial Freedom has helped thousands get out of debt. You can feel confident when calling because Total Financial Freedom is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and a Christian-owned company. Don't get stuck in the endless cycle of payments. You have the right to get your debt resolved and substantially reduce your monthly payments. Call Christian-owned Total Financial Freedom now at 800-533-6605. That's 800-533-6605. 800-533-6605. Are you paying too much for term life insurance? Term Busters, a Christian-owned company, can help. There's a tremendous price war in the term life industry. Rates have dropped dramatically in the past few years. For example, a man age 45, non-smoker, $1 million of coverage, $75 per month level rate for 10 years. Or a man age 50, non-smoker, can obtain $500,000 of coverage for a monthly premium of $110. Level rate for 20 years. That's right, guaranteed level rate for 20 years. If you're a smoker, we have great rates for you as well. At Term Busters, we specialize in policies of $500,000 and above. If you're looking for new or replacement term life insurance, call today for a quote at 800-558-9940. You're probably paying more than you should. Call 800-558-9940. Remember, 800-558-9940. Sample rate quotes based on preferred non-smoker underwriting. Exam required to qualify. That number for term busters, Christian owned and operated is 800-558-9940. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, coming to you live from the Connors and Sullivan Broadcast Studio. Obliterating confusion, amplifying truth, and pursuing clarity. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. As we were going to break, you probably didn't catch it, but there was a little baby's cry in the background in, in uh, wherever Kaylee McEnany is joining us from. And she uh, uh, and, and that's that's one of her babies. And she's uh, welcome to be on the show, along with her <laughs> lovely mama. Serenity in the Storm, Living Through the Chaos. Uh, this is the new book by uh, Kaylee McEnany. And um, Kaylee, you have never been one. Uh, this is something that we've shared about, talking about on the air for a long time, going back to even your uh, pre-Harvard days. Um, but you've always leaned on Jesus as a significant uh, life force for you. He is your savior. He has saved you. You have been open about that. You you love to look at the events of the day through that prism, and I'm one that's grateful for that. What's the new book about? Why did you feel compelled to write it at this time? And what is it that you want people to get from it? You know, I I've, we have politics and we have um, our faith, and those are two things that I, I've loved my whole life, one far more than the other, my faith, um, because it animates every other part of my life. But um, when you look at the political landscape, I've loved politics since I was an eight-year-old girl. I mean, I was interested in the Bob Dole election. I mean, like going way back. Um, So, you know, (laughs) that does demonstrate commitment there. If you were a Bob Dole girl at that age, you you (laughs) had a lot of interest. I had a lot of interest. Yes. 
Um, but I, I realized growing, going through life that sometimes the church remains separate from the body politics. And of course, there there shouldn't be a state religion. I'm not suggesting that. But we as churches shouldn't sit on the sidelines because the issues animating the, our cultural conversation um, are issues like life, which scripture has a lot to say on. Um, the Bible is emphatically pro-life. You can't walk away um, without getting that um, that message or education where you see God being chased out of school. And I think a lot of the violence we see is an offshoot of um, children who are not moored in something bigger than themselves, you know, selfie culture, not looking to the creator of self. So this book was an effort to highlight these issues and highlight the importance of faith um, and people of faith having a voice in the political landscape. Some of the things you take on are more of the cultural based uh, items. And certainly with the roll of the dice that the uh, progressive agenda has put into our schools with this uh, transitioning of children from their biological sex to imagine genders uh, and and other uh, aspects of some of that type of uh, thing have really threatened mothers in ways that we have not seen in recent years. And I'm curious if your hunch is that the left may be overplaying its hand when it comes to uh, taking the mother's vote for granted here. There's no doubt about it. Um, so when I wrote Serenity in the Storm, it was before um, a lot of a lot of what we're seeing recently, this coalition of people of faith of different faiths, Christian, Jewish, Hindu, Muslim, you're seeing protesting across the country saying, you know, in, in the case of Maryland, I believe it was the Muslim population saying with Christians. So so both groups protesting together saying you're not even allowing me to opt my child out of a curriculum where you're trying to teach sex to my elementary school child and you won't allow me to opt out. Um, So this this, uh, total uh, degradation of the parent and separation of the parent from the child, from, you know, not telling uh, not telling a parent that your child's going by a different pronoun or a different name and locking the parent out of that kind of you know, discussion with with their child. Um, It's absolutely insidious what we're seeing. And we saw what happened in Virginia, a tremendous victory with Glenn Youngkin. And I think uh, not not to be underestimated is this issue of education as we head into a general election next year. I'm anticipating that since the schools really have not changed their tone since 22, that that's going to be an even more intense area of uh, of uh, discussion this time. I think so. I mean, I, I this poll, and again, we've talked about polling and how it can be off, but um, not off by as large of the margins of what I saw when I looked at this Washington Post poll that asked about these issues. It asked about biological men and women's sports. It asked about teaching sex to kindergarten through third grade. And remember, they called that the, quote, don't say gay bill in Florida. That's right, not what right. it was. It was about not teaching sex to kids. When they poll these issues, hormone treatment, um, these are 80-20 issues with on balance, anywhere from 65 to 80% saying, no, 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 no biological men and women's sports. Don't teach sex to my kindergartner. And when I saw yeah. those numbers, I mean, it's jaw dropping. I asked your predecessor, Mr. Spicer, last week, and when I have uh, Governor Sanders on here in a week or two, I'm going to ask her the same question. Um, how do you see the first four states at this point? It's just you're just, you know, gazing into the crystal ball. There's no magic here. But um, what what do you think? How do you think the first four states are going to go for the Republicans? Well, at this point, I mean, if you look at any poll in in any of those states, and I've looked at them as recently as Friday, um, Trump is ahead by 30 points in all of the early states. That's an enormous margin Um, for anyone to to catch up. You've got to create movement. And I think that movement, if there is any movement, you would start to see it on August 23rd after the Fox News debate when these candidates will have a bigger audience than they've ever had. So, you know, we'll see. But at this point, it's far and away. uh, Donald Trump is the front runner. And, um, you know, I've I've seen him pull out some some pretty major victories in my time around him. Kaylee McEnany, so good to talk to you, friend, and her newest book, Uh, Serenity in the Storm, Living Through Chaos by Leaning on Christ. Get your copy. Kaylee, uh, take those babies home and give them a good afternoon. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much, Kevin. Great to talk to you. Kevin McCullough coming right back. Don't go away. Yeah, it's not just you. A lot of people are wondering why so many big corporations are actively promoting ideas and values that their own customers don't support. And honestly, this is another reason MediShare is so attractive to people who don't want to use their own healthcare dollars to pay for things they don't believe in. MediShare is the refreshing alternative. They're a nonprofit ministry. It's a community of like-minded Christians helping each other live healthy lifestyles. There are more than 400,000 members now, and they save a lot, too. Most families save around $500 a month. 
And member satisfaction surveys consistently show they like it much more than health insurance. So for you, maybe it's time. Find out how you can not only save, but freely choose to be part of something you believe in. Here's the number you can call now, 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. Gregory Floyd, host of Reaching Out, gets answers to the tough questions from people in the know. A very special guest is Congressman Peter King from New York's 2nd Congressional District. 237 represents the security in the Brentwood School District. Mm -hmm. We know about MS-13. We've been hearing about them for quite some time, and I want to commend you for bringing the attention to this gang violence and also doing something about it. MS-13 is particularly brutal. There's been a total of 17 murders on Long Island in 14, 15 months. This is just killing for the sake of killing. And the irony is, though, the most tragic part of it is they target other immigrants. I mean, I would say every person who has been killed by MS-13 is either an immigrant uh, young person themselves or a son or daughter of immigrants. So it's their own community that they're terrorizing. It's absolutely horrific. It's Reaching Out with Gregory Floyd, Saturday afternoons at 4.30 on AM 570 The Mission, WMCA. AM 570 and 102.3 FM, The Mission, WMCA. Listen online at WMCA.com. Tune in iHeartAlexa or Odyssey.com. Hun, we need to stop putting off getting life insurance. I know. It's just been so busy, and I'm sure the cost is out of our budget. Well, Jen told me that they got a $500,000 term life insurance policy from Ethos for less than $23 a month. All online, with no complicated forms, and no medical exam. All they had to do was answer a few health questions. Wait, no medical exam and all online? I know, right? It's not easy to think about, but if something happened to you, James and I would be... Okay, I get it. Let's get a quote from Ethos right now. Wow, you were right. There's no medical exam. And Ethos makes the whole online process fast and easy. And look at these rates and coverage options. It's great protection and totally fits our budget. Ethos. They've removed all the barriers from getting coverage. Go to checkethos.com to get your free online quote. That's checkethos.com. Quote based on a healthy non-smoking 30-year-old male with a 20-year term policy. Rates may vary. Feel like you're trying to push a boulder uphill wearing skates? If you run or manage a local business today, you're challenged like never before. We get it, and we want to help. We're Salem Surround, and when it comes to marketing, consider us your personal move-you-forward company. In a recent study, we found that 53% of local businesses were classified as novices when it came to designing, implementing, and managing their marketing needs. And that's where Salem Surround truly shines. We're a full-service marketing agency. Agency that'll help you increase your customer base by designing incredibly effective plans to reach your consumers day, night, and everywhere they might be. Let us give you an absolutely free audit of your current marketing and what your competition is doing. Our digital sales and support teams are the best in the industry and deliver customized personal service that's second to none. If you're a local business and ready for the next step, Google Salem Surround New York right now. Our experts are ready to help you take your marketing to the next level. Google Salem Surround New York today. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, coming to you live from the Connors and Sullivan Broadcast Studio. If it's happening in New York or across the globe, learn why it matters first on Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us and glad to welcome back Shelly Goldberg this one time a week where we help you become a better parent or maybe a grandparent or somebody who just has kids in your life and you want to be a good influence on them. Shelly has been helping us do this for a few years now. In fact, we've got an entire library of helps that she has been preparing called the Parenting Express. You can get them at the Kevin McCullough podcast page of your favorite aggregator anywhere. Shelly, it was a couple of weeks ago when you were last with us due to some uh, unforeseen circumstances, but you're back. And we had just begun a very interesting topic when you were with us the last time. Yes, Kevin, it's something called emotional dysregulation. It sounds, uh, you know, a little strange. You know, you hear it, you say, what is that? I've never heard it before. But as I start to to explain it, I guarantee you there's going to be somebody in your family, some friend of yours, a child, a grown child, an adolescent, somebody who who it's it's going to fit them in, in some way. And, and I'll give you the ways that, that you can work with this. Gotcha. I'll tell you first what emotional dysregulation is not. It's not having intense emotions. 
because intense emotions are part of the human condition, the human experience. We're not getting out of this alive. We're all going to feel this uh, intense anger, sadness, excitement. That's the good stuff. People who have emotional dysregulation dysregulation are people who have the inability to manage those emotions. It's feeling, it's having these feelings come on too fast. They come on too intense, too often. I would describe it as having intense emotions and not being able to get back to baseline. Hmm. You, you feel overwhelmed. You don't, you don't know how to soothe yourself. You know, it's the person who gets super angry, uh, maybe the teenager, the young adult, and two hours later, they're still fuming. And this happening over and over and over again. Mm. And some of the signs of emotional dysregulation would be uh, frequent mood swings, uh, explosive behavior, angry outbursts, um, feeling, you know, overly emotional a lot, a lot. Who would get this? Kids uh, and adults who have ADHD and ADD might be prone to emotional dysregulation, bipolar disorder, childhood trauma, major depression, major anxiety, uh, post-traumatic stress if a child is being bullied in school. Those are places where, where this might emerge. So we have talked about this, and I recap, but now what do you do if you see this in yourself? in your child, in your grown child, and with a friend, what do you do? So here's part two. What works very effectively is something called DBT, and that's dialectical behavior therapy. It's a kind of cognitive therapy. And what you're really doing is you're helping the, the person to understand their emotions and to reduce their emotional vulnerability. Hmm. And you, you want to build up one's tolerance for the, for the unpleasant feelings that we all have when we're feeling overly emotional. So how do you do this? How does DBT work? And, and by the way, it's a great place to go. I'll give your, your audience um, a website that will give them more information if they would like you know, uh, to read further about this. Sure. So what do you do? Number one, DBT uses mindfulness. That means you're teaching the person to stay in the present. So when they're getting angry or upset, they're not thinking, you know, this person did this to me. My friend did this to me in school last week. Well, I remember they did the same thing a month ago. They're staying in the present with what's happening at that very moment. Two, it's with uh, DBT, children and, and adults are learning that negative emotions are just a part of life and talking about that in, in great depth. Three, learning to identify your emotions, label them, give them a name. So, so a, a young person, teen can say, I'm feeling so angry or I'm just feeling so upset. Let me think about it. Yes, the feeling is I'm feeling sad, but they, they start to actually identify what is the precise feeling that's making them feel so out of sorts. Other things that DBT uses, oddly enough, regular exercise, very important. So when you're feeling overwhelmed, going for that run, the run in the park, that really can siphon off a lot of um, of, of that overwhelming emotional feeling. Five, taking the opposite act. What does that mean? So you're teaching a young person or an adult, if they're full of fear, you're going to teach them how to act brave. If they're full of anxiety, they're going to show confidence. And enorm- now, I, I know it sounds counterintuitive, but it actually works. Uh, another thing that DBT uses is avoiding procrastination, teaching people to avoid procrastination. Why? Because procrastination worsens stress to such a high degree that, I mean, they've had numerous studies on this. So if you want to bring down the, the, the stress level tremendously, you want to teach your, your kids how to avoid procrastinating. Kevin, your thoughts? Does this ring true for anyone that you know? Or Well, I'm not thinking of people um, externally in particular. I'm, I'm trying to evaluate if maybe I had some of this uh, when I was a teenager and had uh, more, you know, emotional um, outbursts around the time that my mom died and some other things. I just, I think that there were a lot of things going on in me that sometimes burst out. And I did feel in the midst of all of that, very out of control. And, um, it was a long road to kind of 
get to where I am now. I think oddly, one of the things that I think helps me manage um, my feelings, which I still feel very deeply about things, but uh, I got to say is yoga, the whole practice of non-attachment, you know, letting, letting things go that I don't have control of, you know, that's, that's been very helpful for me. And I'm trying to uh, get that uh, across to my kids as well. But I think, um, I, I think this has been very helpful and friends, I don't know if, if you have a child or someone that you know, that would uh, benefit from some of this information, but you can get this episode and the previous one with Shelly, where she went into kind of the, um, the examples of it uh, from the uh, parenting express uh, podcast archive. And it might be worth forwarding on to some people that, um, that are, are struggling with it or dealing with it. And Shelly, it's always great to have your, uh, your analysis and your insight for us. We really are grateful. And by the way, Kevin, thank you. Thank you for that. But that's why I love talking to you so much, because just by bringing in yoga, <laughs> you're always bringing in something. We're going to add that to the list. Yeah. Bravo. And, and that's also a wonderful thing to remember is that when you talk to other people, they can always add to all the things we're talking about. They'll that's add true. to the list. They'll come up with something that they found worked for them or worked for their child. So it, it always... You know, it's always good to add to the toolbox. So thank you. I think thank so. I think having a few, few, you know, I want as many people's tips and secrets as I can possibly get because I need as much help as possible. We all do. We all do. That's it. it. That's that's a wonderful thing to know as a, as a human being. That, yeah. That's uh, yeah. Kelly Goldberg, so always much. appreciate it. Thank you, uh, Kevin McCullough. Coming right back. Don't go away. I'm Kevin Cottrell here with Dan Buttafuoco, one of our good friends of the radio station. And uh, he has been an attorney. Dan, how many years now? 41 years. And you recently settled your 136th million dollar case. That's pretty amazing. Yes, thank God, Kevin. We've been really fortunate. We've got a staff of 24 people, which is committed to serving the needs of the seriously injured people due to medical malpractice, product liability, or just a simple car accident. We handle it all. We've grown. We're now in 50 states. Many of these people are pretty Pretty seriously injured and uh, really need that money to exist and have some quality of life. Call but if you go and associates at 800 now heard and have them evaluate your case. That's 800-669-4878-800 now hurt. But if you go and associates cares that you get the best results. They don't take the easy way or the easy money. They fight for the maximum benefit. 800 now hurt. But if you go and associates 800-669-4878-800 now hurt. I have diabetes. I'm at risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. I have asthma. I'm at risk too. If you're 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, COPD, or heart disease, or are 65 or older, you are at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about Prevnar 20, pneumococcal 20-valent conjugate vaccine, a vaccine that can help protect you against pneumococcal pneumonia in just one dose. Even if you've already been vaccinated with other pneumonia vaccines, Prevnar 20 may help provide added protection. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. AM570 The Mission doesn't have to stop when you turn off the radio. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Download the app. Just search AM570 The Mission. Take us wherever you go. AM570 The Mission. WMCA. What you need to know when you need it. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. Thank you for hanging out with us on this Thursday and uh, appreciate uh, all that uh, you are doing uh, to uh, help us uh, each day uh, change this world for the better. Um, it's very interesting. Over the last couple of days, well, some of you know that my Salem News Channel show on Saturday nights, we we have uh, featured guest musical artists uh, every week. Uh, and this week we are featuring, because Jim Caviezel is going to be our guest from the Sound of Freedom film, we are featuring... Uh, Justin Gesso, who did the soundtrack song for that movie as the song of the week and the artist of the week. Um, and so I'm going to be a week delayed in getting to the number one artist uh, for 
uh, the country this week, which is uh, Jason Aldean. Uh, he released a new song this week called Not in a Small Town. And it's interesting the reaction that this has stirred up because he basically makes the case that the violence in the cities, the crime in the cities, the murder in the cities, the recklessness in the cities, the um, riots in the cities, that these are not indicative of small towns. And that if someone brought that kind of violence to a small town, a small town would uh, gather itself together and defend itself and put that violence down and say, no, we're not going to accept that in this small town. That's the message of the song. And yet, if you if you go on social media, Sheryl Crow and others uh, have um, weighed in on this and said, "Well, no, this song this song is is advocating violence. That this song is is advocating uh, you know violence uh, against people that they disagree with." Some people have gone so far as to say it's racist because they just assume, I guess, all small towns are white or something. I don't know. Which, if you lived in the South, as I did growing up, you knew that many small towns weren't white. So it's not, I don't think having a small town, it's not an, an equivalent to racial stereotypes. And the song doesn't mention race at all. It does, it does use some interesting uh, visuals in the video in terms of like the post-George Floyd riots and, and stuff like that, that it is reacting against. But it is not even specifically a song focused on the rioters. It is the difference in people that will accept certain behavior in their towns and cities and those that won't. And he's saying in the America that he wants to live in, he wants to live in a place where where riots are stopped, where criminal behavior is stopped, where violence is stopped, where attacks against police are stopped. That's the message of the song not in a small town. And it is remarkably bizarre to see big Hollywood, big Nashville uh, coming after him with both barrels saying that he's trying to do the opposite of what the song actually is attempting to do. That's it for today. Kevin McCullough, thank you for being here. I so appreciate it. If you miss any part of the show, get the podcast at your favorite podcast aggregator. Just look for Kevin McCullough Radio anywhere and everywhere you get your podcasts. And we'll see you again next time.